Hi friends, welcome to the first episode of the Unforced Gifts podcast. I'm your hostess, Tanya Gatsi, and I am a writer, musician, nonprofit founder, and director of spiritual formation. That's a lot to say in a sentence, um, but I am thrilled that you are here with me for this inaugural episode. As we enter our time together, I want to share this beautiful Dallas Willard quote with you that says, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. You know, Moses had to walk up to the mountain to meet with God. He couldn't produce the glow on his face. That was a result of that encounter. He couldn't produce the smoke, the glory on the mountain. But he did walk up. There was effort and he positioned himself to be in close proximity to God and friendship with God. Intimacy with God in his presence was the result. So I pray that as we enter our time together, this space here will become a holy space where like Moses, you can walk up to the mountain. We can walk up to the mountain together to be in close proximity to God so that he can do what no man can do. Okay, you're probably wondering at this point, what is behind the name, The Unforced Gifts? I'd love to tell you the story. Many of us found ourselves embracing new rhythms and ways of life um, as the world tilted on its axis in 2020. And I live in a beautiful um, half acre patch of the world here in middle Tennessee um, with my husband and two kids and wonderful Basset Hound and that was a period of time for us where we um, spent a lot of time outside now we have lived on our grounds for almost 18 years and I am familiar with every inch of these grounds and the shrubs and the trees and the the plants and the perennials and the annuals I have been the master gardener for 18 years and so that particular year I took extra care of our exterior grounds um, with a lot of time that we all had on our hands and here at home and I remember in late April of 2020 walking out to the backyard that I have witnessed every summer, fall, um, winter, and spring, the activity of God on our grounds and seeing something new spring up from the ground. And it wasn't just a, a small area of our backyard. From one day to about four or five days later, I saw an entire quarter of our grounds simply burst forth with the most beautiful, stunning yellow and white wildflowers. And it was shocking and it was astonishing and it was astounding. The beauty, the wonder, um, the awe that was absolutely a well-timed gift for us in a season of being grounded and unable to travel. And I remember just sort of 
standing in the awe of it. And I have a beautiful little prayer spot in my backyard um, where I go and just spend some time in silence and solitude with God. And so after I sort of just (laughs) took it all in, I went over to my prayer spot and just had some time of reflection because reflection with God is where we mine the meaning from the experiences and the moments in our day and where we make ourselves available for communion with God through those experiences. And so I went over to my prayer spot and I just simply felt the stirring in my heart and it was, Tanya, look for the unforced gifts, the beauty that breaks through the ground, not because you have planted it, but because I in my kindness and my goodness have sown the seed, have sent the sun and the rain, and have brought forth the beauty. And it was just this moment of revelation for me. I think if you've lived long enough, you know that we live in a world of striving, of do more, try harder, control, plan. And and it was just this incredible metaphor where creation was revealing God's kindness and his goodness and that it wasn't about striving, that it was simply about receiving what is being given. And the whole experience uh, reminded me of 2 Corinthians 3.18 that says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In our world, so intent on believing that we are at the helm of our own future and our own happiness and our own formation, Second Corinthians reminds us that we are being transformed into his image. And the latter part of that verse says, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We are participants in our own spiritual formation. We know that the beginning of that scripture, it says, we all who with unveiled faces, we contemplate the Lord's glory. We behold him. And that moment in my backyard, there was space. There was silence. There was solitude to contemplate the kindness and the goodness of God and the glory of God through the gift of general revelation. And those moments have the potential to usher us into spiritual transformation, into intimacy with God, into the ability to discern and know and hear His voice. But make no mistake, I did not make those flowers grow. God is the one who makes the flowers grow. And God is the one that gives us grace to behold those flowers and to know their source and to simply receive what is being given through the gift of those.
those moments in which he is pouring out his love and his kindness and his mercy. And when we show up fully present to these sacred moments and these sacred spaces with God, uh, we become the canvas that the original artist himself creates a beautiful work of art on. We are being formed by the hands of the original artist himself, the one who was the very first to make something beautiful out of absolutely nothing. We are being formed by the hands that created the heavens and the earth, by the same hands that created the stars and the oceans, the galaxies, the seen world, and the unseen. This is a God who is a master in complexity. And of all of the complex things he's created, many of us would venture to say one of the most complex is the human heart. And yet the invitation of God is to contemplate his glory and to simply receive what is being given. And how do we do that? We start paying closer attention to the activity of God. God is continuously pouring out his love and truth, and we contemplate him. We contemplate his glory through his word, through the ancient practice of prayer, and we begin to pay closer attention to his movement within us and around us. And one of my favorite authors, Frederick Buechner, said, coincidences are God's way of getting our attention. This has certainly been my experience, and this reminds us to never lose sight of the art and sometimes the discipline of paying attention. This reminds me of uh, a story that um, unfolded about 15 years ago. I was on the road. Um, One of the things you should know about me is I've been um, a musician, an artist for the last 28 years, and in conjunction with that have been speaking and um, doing retreats and different uh, tours across the country. And on one of these legs, I had the urge to change my seat. And it was a really strange urge. It was so last minute and so unlike me to do something like that. But I changed my seat. I boarded the plane. And as I arrived at my seat, um, I ended up getting a window seat because I love clouds (laughs) and I love wonder if you stick with me in this podcast journey you will hear um, so much about wonder but uh, sat down and lo and behold five minutes into our takeoff noticed that the person beside me had the same book that I was reading so obviously we struck up a conversation And I could tell within the first 20 minutes that she was a person of faith and incredible spiritual depth. And so I was just hanging on every word. I was young and underdeveloped and in a season of mystery, asking God questions 
about my future and feeling very insecure um, in his love for me at the time. And I'll never forget how much I struggled in that season with control and with planning. And um, I did not know this person sitting next to me. She did not know me. Um, She had no idea what I was walking through. But about 30 minutes into the conversation, within a two-hour flight, she looks at me and she says, you know, I think it would be good for you to go and watch children play. (laughs) It seems like a bizarre thing to tell a stranger. I think you should go and watch children play. But immediately in my spirit, in my being, I knew what that meant. And she said, you know, children on a playground don't actually move through that experience planning every single step. They just trust their father or their mother. They trust the source of love that is at the helm of that experience for the next part of the path. And if they happen to skin their knee or fall down or experience pain, they don't opt out of the relationship. They don't opt out of the experience just because something unforeseen happens that causes pain. They continue to play. They continue to trust and they don't lean on their own understanding and they don't plan their way out of joy. And that for me was one of my first experiences with the unforced gift of the activity of God in a moment that I did not strive for, in a moment where I was simply receiving what was being given. And it was clear that God was at the helm. Um, This reminds me of Matthew 18.3, where it says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It might be a good practice sometime this week for you to go watch children play and to sit in the silence and the solitude with God and to allow him to just speak to you and to reveal and to comfort um, and to encourage you and to give you instruction. Um, We are a people that love our control. We like our control. We like our planning. Um, I come from a long line of Latin females that, uh, you know, we don't let anything get past us. We, we are prepared. We are very organized. We are high executors. Um, we are leaders. My grandmother was uh, the president of the Women's Missionary Union. <laughs> My parents are pastors of almost 50 years and, and I am third generation ministry. And so I understand the tension. I understand what it feels like to walk in a world that expects you to plan and to prepare your way out of suffering 
and imperfection and failure. And yet, the invitation of God is not control, it's surrender. Surrender is the foundation of all spiritual formation, of all transformation. Because again, we are not forming ourselves, we are being formed. And we see this in the biblical narrative, in the stories of the fathers and the mothers of our faith uh, from Joseph's years and years of suffering, the surrender to God, his commitment to choosing the righteousness of God over acting out of his own pain, to Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, given an incredible call to birth the Savior of the world, and yet um, finds herself an unmarried woman. Surrender. It is coursing through every story um, of the biblical narrative. What we do with surrender or what we don't do to surrender determines so much. There's a prayer that became foundational in my life uh, beginning in the year 2018 and it came on the heels of great pain and great rupture during a season in which it was very clear to me that my plan A had not resulted in the level of joy and blessing and fulfillment and meaning that I had hoped for. And I landed sort of on the backside of the wilderness um, in a different state and a different partnership than I had planned for uh, in, in plan Z, if you will. And God really used that in my life to get me to a place of total surrender and total humility. And this prayer came out of that season and went something like this I said God I would trade all of my plans for the possibility of being surprised by you just for the possibility because I know that if there is something that you want to give me that is not a part of my plan that it will be better than anything that I could hope for dream of or plan on my own and I began to pray that prayer in 2018 and for a recovering planner who was born with a very strong urge to control and a very strong urge to plan that was a moment of complete transformation for me and it marked me And from that point forward, things began to happen in my life that I could not have foreseen, that I could not have fought for. Formative moments between myself and the Lord, the activity of God to a level that I had never experienced before in my life. Mother Teresa had a full grasp on this when she said, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending 
a love letter to the world. And I wonder in our culture of striving and performance mentality and upward mobility, how often we intentionally pray and make space in our lives for the hand of a writing God. I wonder if we truly believe that God knows better, that the Holy Spirit knows more than we do. And if we believe that, we will walk in step with the Spirit of God. There is a prayer that I have prayed every day, probably for the last two decades, and it's so simple. And I'd love to just impart this to you. It's this, Lord, help me to hear your voice and know it. Lord, help me to hear your voice and know it. And I pray that every day because I believe that if I can just hear and know the voice of God, I will be able to walk in the confidence that comes with knowing that he is at the helm of my life and that I am not in control, that I am leaving room for the hand of a writing God. So as we wrap up on this first episode, I just want to encourage you, you are not alone. You are not alone. There is a power at work in the life and the heart in the story of every Christ follower. There's a power at work that is producing something beautiful. And we partner with the power of God within our lives by living a vertically aligned life with Him, by approaching Him, engaging Him, living a life centered around a God who is not a concept, it's not a Sunday morning ritual, but a God who is a friend, a God who is a person, a God who has the full and entire sovereign line of sight and who is faithful to complete the work that he started in us. So as you leave this space, know that you do not go alone. You are surrounded and you are hemmed in on every side. In a culture that has been led to believe that information alone is transformation, I pray this space would usher you back into the ancient practice of prayer and that you would be led into the secret place with God to hear and know His voice intimately and to enter through the doorway of prayer into beautiful communion with him in the age of information communion can become a lost art and so my prayer for this space is that it would invite you back home no matter how far no matter how long you've been away that you would find your home again in the father the Son, and the Spirit. I want to close with a reading from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever.